What a great time of worship today. Amen? How's everybody doing? Everybody awake? Awesome. Next week you can enter through the main gates of the church. I'm not apologizing though, because it's going to be awesome. We had to come through the little door. We'll be appreciate the, the big doors next week, right? Well, listen, we are starting a brand new ser- uh, series, and I'm calling it Stand. We spent 21 days of prayer on our knee, right? And so God is asking us to stand. And I believe um, in the end times, like we're living in, God's people need to stand and stand out. And I don't mean stand out in a bad way, because <laughs> we can do that too, can't we? You've seen lots of different churches or different groups stand out in the wrong way. But if you take a stand for the right things at the right time, for the right reasons and in the right way, it will cause your life and the world to change. Amen? If you stand out and compromise in the wrong things at the wrong times for the wrong reasons... It can cost big time, can't it? So for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking in Daniel. So if you want to open up your Bibles to Daniel 1, we're going to talk about some young men who stand out, stand up, and so on and so forth. And I won't tell you the rest. I I don't want to give you every sermon. So we're going to talk through Daniel 1 today, and I'm, ex- and I'm excited about it. And maybe all of you have heard this story, but I wanted to recap so some of you can get caught up with some of us who know the story. There was a guy named King Nebuchadnezzar. Have you heard of this guy? And everybody says, boo! That was, no, we got to do this together. One, two. There you go. King Nebuchadnezzar. This guy was from Babylon. He was an evil king. And guess what? He shows up and destroys Jerusalem. And he doesn't just destroy Jerusalem. He takes all of the religious items out of the temple and destroys them too. That's like someone coming into Frostproof. You know, we're right here at the edge, right? We're at the gate of the city. They come into Frostproof and they show up here at New Hope Church and they destroy the church, but then they take all the Bibles, they take all the good people, right? At least David would go. (laughs) And they destroy them. They take all the people and say, we're going to change you into who we want you to be. They'll take the crosses off the walls. So the King Nebuchadnezzar does this to Jerusalem. He humiliates God's people by taking these elements and destroying the temple and destroying this place and it's like burning the church or the Bibles or whatever. They took the best young future leaders from them. Imagine being in that time. And they intentionally would indoctrinate them into the Babylonian culture and train them for three years. That's a long time. So that in the future they would become leaders, they would become future government officials and advisors. 
So they're not just destroying their present. King Nebuchadnezzar is saying, I want to destroy their future too. I want to take their future people, the, the people who are going to stand up and stand out. We want them to do it for us. So we're going to start in Daniel 1, verse 3 to 5. Look at the, what the scripture says here. It says this, Daniel 1, 3 to 5. says, Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every... Man, Jonathan, this would have been you, brother. Showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. You know, these would be the guys who would be voted the most likely to succeed. He was to teach them the language. So, speak like us. And literature, think like us. Of the Babylonians. Verse 5 says, The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Let's pause for a moment and pray. Lord, thank you so much for bringing us here together. Lord, I pray that as you, as we read your word, Lord, speak your word to the church. Lord, that we would stand out. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Listen, this was an intentional plan by King Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, there This was an intentional plan to indoctrinate these young men into the Babylonian culture. Think like the Babylonians, behave like the Babylonians. Believe like the Babylonians. Do you see any correlation with the world that we live in right now? Come on, church. It's everywhere. Facebook, Instagram. What's the new ones? TikTok. Back in the 90s, that meant like the stuff on the clock. But it mirrors the devil's schemes to this day. The enemy's like, oh yeah, yeah, King Nebuchadnezzar. You got it. You know, the enemy wants to do the same thing. He wants you to think like him, think like the world. He wants you to behave like the world. He wants you to believe like the world. And you know what? This is a full-scale spiritual attack on God's people. And on the people who God's like, I love them. I want to welcome them home too. Just like the son who went far off and wasted all his father's money, I want to welcome him home. That's, where we yell, that's why we yell welcome home here at church. It's not that you're welcome to this building. Welcome to God's family. Amen? Amen. You know, the enemy knows that he can deceive people. He can lie. 
and he can divide and conquer. You've seen it everywhere. That's the goal. Divide and conquer. It's completely impossible in 2022 to be a sort of Christian. Everybody awake? They turn the air on just in time. Wakey, wakey. We can't be a sort of Christian in 2022, church. It's not going to go well for you. We can't be cultural Christians in 2022. Well, my country song says Sunday, says church, says Jesus, I'm good. No one liked that because they're like, I know that. That was, that's me. But we can't be a sort of Christian. We can't be a cultural Christian. That just means like, hey, we're in the South. We have churches everywhere. We go to church on Sunday. That's what we do. It's not going to work. We can't expect just going to church on Christmas and Easter to do it. And this, isn't, this sermon isn't to get more people to come to church, okay? This is to say we can't be sort of Christians. We can't just be cultural Christians. If you want victory in your life, if you want victory in your family and freedom for your marriage and your kids to grow up and follow Jesus, we can't be a sort of cultural, okay, sure, it's convenient this week, we'll go. Or it's convenient this day, I'll read my Bible. No, no, no. we got to stand out. You're going to look a little weird. I love, uh, um, my wife and I, we do the debt-free stuff with Dave Ramsey. Anybody ever do that? You're like, everybody's like, I wish. But anyway, when people call his show, they, they call up his show and says, we're debt-free. And he goes through all this thing, how'd you do it? What did this, how did this happen? And then when Dave Ramsey finds out that they paid off their house, guess what he calls them? Does anybody watch, listen to the podcast? He calls them weird people. Because it's pretty amazing in 2022 to own your own house, right? No payments. So he said, you are weird people. Guess what, church? You're weird people. You love Jesus. Man, I need to call people weird all the time now. But if you want victory, you want freedom, we can't be sort of Christians. Uh, imagine if you wanted to, you know, lose weight, you wanted to work out and get buff like Jonathan over here, and you only worked out once a year. How would that go for you? Oh, I worked out January 1st. I'm good till next January 1st. What if you only told your spouse once a year you love them? How would that relationship look? Nope. We cannot afford to be apathetic people. Apathy simply means lack of interest, lack of of enthusiasm, and concern. Being apathetic is pathetic. Right? No, Jesus is calling us to more. If we're expecting to grow, 
We can't passively be a Christian in this world when it's convenient. Oh, but I, I really like this sin. I'll just do this one sin, and I'll just kind of keep doing this one because Jesus will understand. Right? One hour and 15 minutes of church a week is not going to do it for us. We need to be actively following Jesus. Some of you are like, wait, hour and 15 minutes? I was only here an hour. I know, you were late. You are 15 minutes late for church. I saw you come in. But listen, if we're going to stand out, if we're going to thrive and grow in God's kingdom, number one, we need to, if you want to write this down, we need to make God the priority in our life. We need to make him the priority in our life. Sorry, I don't know what the lights are doing. We need to make him the priority. Make his presence the priority. Make the word a priority. Make prayer a priority. Make church and gathering with other believers a priority. I can't be a sort of Christian in 2022. It's not going to work. Amen? Let's look at Ephesians. I love this. A couple years ago, I did a series on, on the armor of God, and it's, I think it's still on the website if you want to go take a look at it. Um, but look what it says here in Ephesians 6, 11 to 13. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your... So you can take your... Is take your stand against the devil's schemes. All right, King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar shows up Right? The enemy shows up. He has these schemes to indoctrinate us, and we need to take our stand. Verse 12, for your struggle is not against flesh and blood, right? The world is all against, we're against each other, right? We don't like each other because of this, because of race or a political opinion or what country some, someone comes from or what religion they're part of. Listen, we are not wrestling the, the war is not against flesh and blood enemies. Look, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, stand. Listen, we need to stand our ground. We need to stand up. We need to stand out. And listen, it's not, this is not about, say, look at me, look at me, stand out. Okay, that's not what we're talking about today. You're going to understand that as we go a little bit deeper into the message. But if you're never standing out and always blending in, then you aren't truly submitted to following Jesus. He's called us to be holy as He is holy. He's called us to be set apart. 
He's called us to be different. Or as Dave Ramsey says, weird people. Right? And um, I have a scripture here in 2 Corinthians that really hits the nail on the head when it comes to being set apart for standing out. It says, verse, uh, here we go. There it is. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be, what? My people. Therefore, come out from them and separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you and I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. Be separated. Doesn't mean you don't talk to unbelievers. Doesn't mean you're stuck up. Doesn't mean we feel better than anybody. That's not the goal. The goal is that we will not partake in what God doesn't want us to partake in. Amen? Amen? Because if, if Jesus wanted us just to be separate, we'd just stay here all day. We wouldn't ever go anywhere. But we are in the world to be part of the world, to serve the world, to share the gospel in the world. Jesus went to everybody's house. It didn't matter who it was. He went to all the establishments. And we see this also with Daniel and his friends, that they were separated, they were set apart. Verse 6 and 7 of Daniel 1. I know you, some of you have your physical one. Some of you got the iPhone. Some sad souls have a, there should be a Samsung out there somewhere, I'm guessing. Look at this. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah. And here they are. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Azariah Abednego. Why did they change their names? Okay, just imagine these young men, four young boys, were probably between the age of 12 and 16. Any young men between the age of 12 and 16? Any? A couple guys right here. Anybody over there? A couple guys over there that don't want to raise their hand because they're scared. But guess what happened to these young men? They were uprooted from their family over a thousand miles from home. That's a long ways. There was no internet. They had no phones. They were gone for good. Stripped of their identity, and they crushed any sense of their dignity. They changed their names. Why? Because their names, their original names, were godly names. When they said... Daniel, it meant something, right? But they changed them and they named them after Babylonian fake gods. 
because they said we need to change their identity. Church, the world wants to change your identity. They, wants to, they want to change your name. Look what's happening in our world with gender identity. Right? They want, to, they want kids to not understand who they are or whose they are. They want to change, and the enemy is trying his best to change your identity, even down to the most basic parts of gender they want to change. So they've changed names. Number two, change their diet. We read the scripture to eat food prepared for the king. Now listen, if I showed up and I'm a 12 to 15, 16 year old and they said, you can have what the king eats, I'd be like, yeah. I would love that. However, these young men were very smart because they had God's wisdom in them. It sounds okay, doesn't it? But this meat and wine had been dedicated to these pagan gods. So on the outside, it's like, okay, this looks good, that steak looks good, the wine looks good. However, it has been dedicated to pagan gods. Now, they were okay. They're like, okay, you can change our names because that's me. But Daniel and his friends stood out when they started changing something like their diet, and wanted them to eat food that was sacrificed and dedicated to pagan gods. Look at this, Jan- Daniel 1, 8. Everybody still with me? Awesome. Daniel 1, 8, look at this. But Daniel resolved, everybody say resolved. Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now, did you see Daniel get all of his buddies together and do a protest in the streets? No, no, no. He he was respectful. Look at this. Daniel resolved not to defile himself, and he asked for permission. He didn't fight with the names were taken away. That was an outward label. He knew who he was. They knew who they were. He didn't defend his name. But then he took a stand when God's name would be deframed. Not eating food, food dedicated to pagan gods. And you know what? In our day and age, we rationalize everything, right? Well, it's just this one thing. They just, they're just asking one thing of us. And I know it goes against the word of God, but it's not that big of a deal if we don't ever stand up. We'll fall for everything. And so Daniel pre, had a predetermined, he resolved, he, he pre, predetermined what his decision, what his resolution would be. So number two, if we're going to stand out for God, number two, we need to make decisions ahead of time. We need to make decisions ahead of time, young person. Classic people of the church. 
We need to make decisions ahead of time. Saturday night comes around. I am going to church tomorrow. Sunday night comes around. I am reading my Bible when I get up in the morning. I'm going to have it right on the side of the bed. Or if you're me, I have it where it pops up on my phone. I'm going to read the Bible before I check anything on my phone. That's what I have predetermined this year. I'm not going to get up and go to Facebook and go to Fox or go to CNN and read fake stuff, right? I'm going to open up my phone and read the truth, amen, before anything. I'm going to predetermine to do that. I'm going to give my tithe. I, I predetermined when I was 18 years old that no matter what happened with my finances, I am going to give my tithe. I predetermined. Some of these will be a little bit harder. I'm going to predetermine to not talk negatively about people. Everybody's like, Pastor, you're getting close. Listen, my wife and I, she was 19, I was, or I was 19, she was 18. We predetermined that we would not have sex before marriage. Because guess what? There was going to be situations we got into that would make that difficult, but we predetermined that that would not happen for us, and it didn't. Amen. Predetermined, I am not going to get drunk. I know I'm naming all these things. You're like, man, Pastor Landon naming all these sins. I'm going to predetermine not to get caught up in materialism. You can, listen, we could go all day long. We predetermine. Make decisions ahead of time. Daniel resolved. Wouldn't that be a hard one, too? You're away from your family. They got some comfort food over here. You got your favorite pulled pork sandwich, which you wouldn't really eat anyway because he's Jewish. <laughs> you got your wine. You've got whatever. You've got your baked potato, but it's all. He said, no, no. I am making a resolution. I will not defile myself. And listen, for us, it may not be food. Most likely it won't be. Right? But I will not defile my, my ears and what we're listening to these days on our, in Spotify. I'm not going to defile my eyes to see what God doesn't want me to see. I'm going to predetermine to do the right thing. You know, every now and then you're going to stand out because of what you resolve to do, right? You're going to be weird people. That's okay. Right? I stand out because I got an old gold minivan because I predetermined I am not getting in debt with a vehicle. Yes. <laughs> and in 10 years when I have a gold minivan that's falling apart, you can come and watch it burn or something. I don't know. 
But Daniel resolved not to defile himself. He stood out, right? Guess when he stood out? At lunch. I should have started with breakfast. Breakfast, brunch, lunch, second lunch, dinner. That's what happens at our house, okay? He stood out. He wasn't out there publicly just making sure everybody knew, but everybody knew. Because he was standing out for what he felt like he had to do. It wasn't a public show. It was a bold display that I follow God and food isn't an exception. A little bit further here. Daniel 1, 12 to 15. And then, so he asked for permission. won't defile himself. He asked for permission. He didn't yell at anybody. He didn't go on the side of the corner of the street and say, yell. No, he says, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Now, that's hard for someone to say, right? Imagine, ladies, imagine your husband coming in. It's like, test me for 10 days. I'm going to eat broccoli uh, for 10 days. Oh, and drink water. Woo. Then compare our appearance. This is his face step here, isn't it? Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food. And treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Come on, let's celebrate Daniel for a minute. Good job, Daniel. Instead of making a public protest, Daniel honors authority and creates a plan. You can stand out in the right way. And you know what? God will honor your faith step. Amen? God will honor it. I think sometimes in our culture, we're just kind of like, ah, whatever. I'll sort of do it. But God's calling us to stand out. All right, you can stand out in the wrong way, right? We had some, I've, over the years, I've had some Bible police on, uh, on Facebook. <laughs> it happened this week. Um, I guess the person didn't like the translation I chose to, to share the scripture, right? And to me, they're standing out in the wrong way. Oh, I'm going to argue with someone on Facebook about their translation of choice. Listen, the world should know more about what you're for than what you are against. Amen? Do I need to re-say it? The world should know more about what you are for than what you are against, especially as a believer, because we're going to stand out. I remember in Sarasota, I was driving down the street, and this person was on the side of the road with a big sign, and they're yelling at people. You can hear it when the car windows down. You're going to hell. I'm like, what is this? This is an ACDC concert? No, this guy had his Bible out there, and he was yelling, 
You're going to hell. He had a sign. Turn or burn. Woo. Yeah, that's going to help. That guy, the, the, all those people in traffic are going to church that day, the next day. That's not how you stand out. We need to have the wisdom to stand out in the right way. Look, look at the next verse here, verse 19. I'm going to close with this. The king, and we'll get to more next week. I've got lots of notes here. The king talked with them, and he found no equal to Daniel and his friends. So they entered the king's service. You see how it's done? You know, God gave them knowledge and understanding. Daniel could understand visions and dreams. If Daniel and his buddies, right, 12 to 16 years old, had simply blended in, there probably would not be a book in the Bible called Daniel. We'd never heard of him. But guess what? They didn't blend in. It's time for the church to stand out in the way God has called us to stand out. To say, you know what? God's calling me to this. Whatever that is. I'm believing this morning the Holy Spirit's going to tell you what that is in your life because I'd have to make a whole list for you. But I believe time and time again we'll be lured in to blend in but we need to stand up and stand out. Can we stand up? Can we try right now? There you go. Look at all these weird people. You know, I'd rather be remembered for standing out than forgotten for blending in. Amen. I'd like to read the scripture over you today, and I read part of it earlier, but I want, to, want you to see all of it before we leave. Ephesians 6, 11 to 18. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil, devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the devil, sorry, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Come on, church. With the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith in with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for each and every individual in the room today. Lord, thank you for calling us to be like Daniel and his friends, to stand out, to take a stand, Lord, and not in a way that would diminish you, but in a way that would lift you up, and Lord, in a way that people all over would see that you are the light of the world, a city on a hill. And Lord, I pray that we don't put that candle out, but Lord, we let it burn and we put it at the highest place in the city. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. Come on, we celebrate today.